Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. I hope you're doing well. I am Major LaRonda Washington, and this is the podcast, Immunity City, a podcast for leaders like you and me. And today is the 5th of July. Um, Today's Friday. I am uh, recording the first episode of this podcast. Excited to see how it goes. I'm, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to do a um, Gmail, immunitycity at gmail.com, because I'd really like your feedback and questions and just to communicate with you. And so I'll start with the sit rep. So a few things I'll talk about. The first one is Sedan. And I want to talk about this. And before I go further, the sit rep is about global issues, current events that have um, strategic effects. And so I pull the news from uh, DW News, which is a a news source out of Germany, France 24, BBC, Al Jazeera, uh, Fox, CNN, wherever, even Vox, wherever I can get um, good, credible content is, is where I'm going to go. And it comes from a whole array of sources. So just keep that in mind. And so starting with Sedan, I first learned about Sedan when I was on Instagram. Had no idea what was going on in the country, but I kept seeing images pop up of of uh, screenshots of a lady on a car and a, or standing on a car, a bunch of people around her. It clearly looked like protesting. I saw a text about um, on, on Instagram, just writing about people being raped and murdered and like it's like it was a massacre and so dug a little bit into it i'll just give you surface info but if you go out there and google you'll find some um some interesting articles that that show the timeline of how we got here and so i'll start by saying that sedan's president recently stepped down. And when I say stepped down, I use that term very lightly. I'm not sure if it was a a, a um, cooperative step down or if it was a kick down. But the president, Omar al-Bashir, was, um, I'll just say, removed from power. And in order to fill that power vacuum, the military basically took over and um, they did what what many many militaries do, and uh, their their strength is is the ability to to cause rapid death and dest- destruction, and that is what happened to several. Or I can't get an exact number. Like the the numbers I'm seeing range from like eleven to a hundred people being murdered, um, you know, whole towns being being um, leveled. Again, it's very challenging to try to to get the the accuracy of accurate picture of how many people were killed and what exactly has happened as far as um, people's you know lives being destroyed and house homes being burned down. However, um, that is what happened. The military filled that 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 power vacuum, and it's it's called the Transitional Military Council, um, and the so we've got the transitional military council and then the declaration of freedom and change forces those are the the democratic uh, civilians who are leading the protest and so they 
have got they got together, wanted to do a transitional government. The transitional military council is not really supportive of uh, of the the efforts of the Declaration of Freedom and Change forces, and so they seem to be in a bit of a deadlock. And the latest thing that I read on Al Jazeera, which was today, is that the 7th is when protests are about to start up. But um, very important and interesting story. Um, strategic implications, clearly. And um, no idea how AFRICOM is is handling this or, or what's going on at those headquarters, but definitely something that you should know about. And the second thing that I'd like to talk about here, local, um, because we do have uh, NORTHCOM, so when I was getting dressed earlier this week, I just happened to catch a glimpse of the news and I saw Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I hope I'm saying that the right way, say that um, people um, in, in the ICE detention centers were drinking out of toilets and, and that they were basically living in, concent- in concentration camps definitely sparked some interest in me. And so um, went looking, digging for more information and could not find any anything cor- corroborating exactly what she said. Did see pictures of, of uh, people living in conditions that um, just people living in filthy in filthy conditions. And um, a lot of children don't really know um, how many of them are actually seeking asylum. But again, something that you should definitely understand and know what's going on with and know period that it's going on because it has strategic uh, implications specifically for NORTHCOM. And then the last thing I'll talk about is that today, I don't know what time it happened, but um, Britain's Royal Navy sees an uh, oil tanker, an Iranian oil tanker um, in the Strait of Gibraltar. And basically I'm sorry, I said that so wrong, the Strait of Gibraltar. And the bottom line is that the UK said that the paperwork for the Royal Royal Navy was uh, irregular. Tensions are high because of what has happened with uh, JICPOA or what is going on with JICPOA and um, our country's uh, stance on that. And so um, very important. I I believe I read that that the UK could hold on to this tanker for up to 14 days, I believe. Um, very interesting to see how this turns out. And if you were not aware of, of what JICPOA is, it's a joint comprehensive plan of action. And it's basically um, world leaders asking Iran or all agreeing that Iran will get rid of um, materials that it has that are, can be used to make nuclear weapons. Highly recommend that you, at the very least, Google that and get some background on it. I'll mention it again. I can discuss discuss it again in detail if there's some interest, but very, very interesting story with strategic implications. And so that wraps up the sit rep. I hope that gives you those three things, give you a little more insight into what's going on in the world and um, how that could possibly affect you at a, uh, whether you're working in a strategic environment, but um, also if you're working in a, um, a tactical or operational environment. And so 
now I'll transition into lead the way. So it's July. And July means that it is uh, PCS season. PCS is permanent change of station for those uh, people who are listening who are civilians. That's just when you move. So every couple of years, few years or whatever, the summertime is when we expect the most moves. And it's also OER season. And OERs are your evaluation or even NCOER. We have NCOs listening. It's your evaluation, basically your report card for the whole year and, and how you've done, how your boss and your boss's boss has perceived your performance. And so this is um, very important to me because a couple weeks ago I received my OER and it's in front of me. And I can tell you that I had some challenges with it. But before I get to that, I want to provide you with uh, some guidance on how you how the OER process works. So I'll start by saying that when you get to a unit, the most important thing um, when it comes to you know preparing yourself for your job is to request a counseling from your rater and also your senior rater to establish their expectations. So you want to know from a horse's mouth, what is it that they want you to do in that job? Your rater and senior rater are humans. It's going to vary from assignment to assignment, person to person. Some raters, senior raters will have a great deal of guidance. Some will not. That's something that you can't control. However, it's important to at least establish that line of communication um, and possibly maybe glean something from what they tell you. First off, when you have that uh, counseling, that that very first initial counseling, when they tell you about what it is that they, they want you to do, do not discuss your OER. Do not say, well, what do I have to, to do to get a top block? Because what you've done then is got your, or, or, um, or you're, you basically invited yourself to not get a top block. That's not, you shouldn't be chasing a top block. You should be trying to make the unit better. What's better to ask is ask what they can expect, what they expect from you in your position. So, sir, ma'am, what do you expect from me? as a company commander or as a company XO or as the S3 of your battalion. Also a good thing to do is do a little research. I mean, before you get to the unit, you should have already researched it, know the history of the unit, but do a little research and and find out what kind of unit it is and what kind of issues typically um, plague that unit. And so once you're armed with that, then you can sit down with them and At the very end of the counseling, another very good thing to ask is what are their biggest concerns and challenges uh, right now? And that might open. Usually for me, I found that it opens the floodgates. And if you can interject the little tidbits of information that you've done the research on, it shows that you're squared away. You know what you're doing. And it's a win win for everyone. The second thing is use the OER support form or use a Word document. Um, Don't use notes on your computer, like those little sticky notes things. I tried that and for whatever reason, the system took it off and then I had to start all over. So use the OER support form or a Word document. You need to jot down or type. It's better to type, I think, everything. I know it's very annoying. For me, It's um, it seems like a time suck, a waste. It seems like a complete waste of time to have to stop what I'm doing and say, oh, I helped this you know, process or I made this new process. But it's not. And it keeps you from executing things or executing um, your OER support form 
at the last minute. And the worst thing is to be up at midnight or one o'clock in the morning trying to do an OER support form and trying to remember what you did a year ago. So you're going through emails, you're looking in your green notebook, you are looking at sticky notes that you got all around your office, you're looking at your whiteboard, and because you have no idea what you've done for the last year, you know you've done a lot, but you don't really have any concrete evidence in black and white of what you've done in a chronological order. Clearly, I'm speaking from experience, and so I'm asking and telling you to be better than me. So don't don't get involved in that crap show. Do better than me. Also, make sure you provide the OER support form to your rater. Check the grammar. Make sure it makes sense. Even though it's just a bunch of notes, still don't, don't make your rater read bad grammar. That's just rude and unprofessional. The next thing is um, when it's time to receive your OER, ask for a counseling from your rater so that you can talk face-to-face. This gives you a chance to ask questions. This gives your rater a chance to ask you questions and let them know what's going on on in their mind. So you'll get the OER through the electronic system. However, the second step to that is actually sitting down with your rater and discussing the OER. Very important. Um, And you should also do the same for your senior rater. Just request an office call and have a conversation about the the evaluation. You're not going to, you likely won't get that much time from your senior rater. However, um, I think just them knowing that you're just by them seeing that you're requesting an office call tells them that you're serious and you want to talk about what's on that piece of paper. And um, I'll transition to everything that I just told you is what should happen if you've got to, or if you, if your rater writes your eval, which is the way it's supposed to go. But for most of us, that does not happen. And so in the event that you you have to write your own eval, your rater doesn't write it, still request a counseling. Make sure that like you're going to fill in all the blocks about your, you know, the, the different blocks about your achievements. Um, don't fill in the blocks like the Excel proficient, et cetera. Don't fill that in, but write the comments to match what your work actually reflects. And then for the senior rater portion, everyone says this is the most important part of an OER. If you are, if you do have to write your OER, um, and I'll back up and say, I recently found out how important this is, maybe a couple of years ago, which is not the right answer because I am a major and so I should have known that as a captain, but we learn. So um, I recently found out how important it is to um, for your senior rater to discuss enumeration and that is like I'm number one of 10 captains, whatever, promotion, your subsequent schooling, and the next command position that you should have. Those are things that your rater should discuss. Um, now, having said that, be very careful what you ask for, because if you have not done your job, if you have not done your part, you might not want to rock the boat in such a way that makes your raider want to change his or her comments and make them um, more realistic and, and make them more reflect the job that you did. And so I bring that up because I think, you know, all of us think that, you know, we're the best thing ever and, and that's great, but you've got to be realistic with yourself. If you did a great job, you went above and beyond, then that's what should be in your report card. 
But if you let a, if you left a lot to be desired as a leader and didn't do your part or halfway did it, then you've got to um, you've got to accept what's on that piece of paper. And one thing that can help you with that is, like I said, doing that initial counseling and finding out what it is that you're rater and senior rater want from you. And then hopefully you're getting quarterly counseling. You probably won't, but at least you've established that. So you know what their expectations are. Um, so again, just be careful um, what you ask for. And if you've done your best, if you've gone above and beyond, then that shouldn't be any issue. And I'm expecting everybody who's in Immunity City to be the type of people who go above and beyond to get the job done. And so with that, I'll say that I've written every OER that I've ever received. Um, that is not a great thing. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what the facts are, which is um, how I came to, you know, come up with with these tips and and um, be able to share this with you. And one thing that I'm very proud of is that I've never had a subordinate, so anyone that works for me ever write their own evaluation um, or even their own award. That's just not the way that I I do things. And um, we'll get more on that later. But when you're in the the counseling with your uh, your rater and senior rater, it's important to speak up for yourself, be measured and focus on the facts. Like if you had one of the most challenging units in the in the battalion, one of the most challenging companies, um, maybe it's the newest company and so you didn't have as many assets and resources as the other companies, that's something that's important that should be reflected in your OER and you should be measured against your, your, um, your peers for that. Um, and their your senior rater, like I said, she or he is human and may not realize that their language could be better. So ask questions about how they view you and how the board would view the language. That's the promotion board would view the language that's in the OER. And ultimately it's the promotion board that's looking at your eval um, ask why they put that you're the top 25% in the unit and not in their career and their 30 years of service. And side note, putting top 25% is not a great thing. Um, also, one thing that you've got to be prepared for is that your senior rater may not want to change uh, her comments. And if that's the case, you've just, um, you've got to deal with it. And I'm at that, I'm there right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just dealing with it more on that in, in a little bit. What's more important to me though, and what should be more important to you is for us to turn these tables and put yourself in the raider or senior raider position. Now you're the raider. Are you willing to do the same things that I just talked to you about for the person or people that work for you? I want you to think about that because it's very important because it's, it's hard work. Like I said in the intro to this uh, podcast or the preview, whatever we want to call it, the fact is that leading is a challenge. And so part of that challenge is developing people. And an important part of, de of developing people is telling them what it is that you want and giving them the space to execute. And so a big part of that is uh, doing initial counselings and then those counselings being transparent. And then in the subsequent counselings that you do quarterly with them is letting them know how either they hit the mark of what you needed them to do. They went above, you know, above and beyond or how they just quite didn't get didn't didn't do what you needed them to do and have a conversation about it. If you don't tell them, they won't know. And there's no sense in them walking around wasting their time, your time, and more importantly, the government's time 
doing a job that you just don't need them to do or doing a job that's substandard. So counsel them, don't stunt their growth by by not counseling them and letting them do whatever it is they want to do. You're stunting their growth and you're affecting, you're seriously affecting the unit. And also during that counseling, like I said, be open, provide feedback. And um, when you give them their, uh, before you do that OER or eval counseling, make sure that you give that evaluation to a senior NCO, so a command sergeant major, um, at the very least a sergeant first class, at the very least, it really should be a sergeant major looking at it. And to ensure that you've got the proper language in there and that you're do you're you're doing justice to to the soldier or whoever that you're rating, and if it's an officer, make sure that you get um, a senior leader's uh, a more senior leader's uh, their set of eyes on it. Check your grammar, um, and and this is for NCOs and officers, but primarily officers. You're getting paid to think. You were the one, and I know a lot of NCOs went to college, so this is no disrespect to you at all. But the fact is, is that. I'm an officer because I went to college and did ROTC. So officers, same. You're an officer because you went to college, did ROTC, OCS, whatever. You were getting paid to think. So you you got to be in the books for however many years, write papers and everything. So there's no reason why the grammar, punctuation, subject, verb, agreement, any of that should be off. So, so don't be that officer, okay? Be better than that. And um, the last thing that I'll say, I'll just reiterate, is that um, whatever it is that you give, that you, um, whatever you write on this evaluation, you should feel comfortable with with um, speaking to the person that you've evaluated face to face. Don't be... Um, don't be one of those leaders that just emails the eval and then that's it or does it over the electronic system. That's it. No, have a conversation about it. It's good for you. More importantly, it's good for that soldier. It's going to make them better. So with all of that, I hope that was extremely helpful to you. And um, I'll transition to Immunity City, which I think will most will probably be or be my favorite part of uh, this podcast. So. I just want to impart that you can do this and this, whatever the this is, you can do it. Whether your goal is to be a major like me, an old and crusty major like me, um, be a battalion commander, company commander, whatever stage you're at, you can do it. It's going to take hard work, but you can surely do it. And I'll also tell you that a part of your journey, because a part of my journey has been, um, it's going to be rife with disappointment. Like when I got my eval, there was some disappointment there. Um, and I did all the things that I, I talked with you all about and I stood up for myself and um, definitely tried to negotiate. And the bottom line is that it wouldn't get changed. It wasn't a horrible eval, not at all. But it's it. I'm 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 hoping that it's uh, an eval that'll actually get me battalion command. Um, in my opinion, it's not. But you know, my raider uh, or senior raider felt differently, and so I'm gonna um, trust his judgment on that. And so um, it's pretty bummed after I got it, and 
was, um, like I said, disappointed. But then I remembered that or something that I have to remind myself constantly is that the trajectory that I'm on is mine. It's um, watermarked for LaRonda Washington. It's not anyone else's. And everything's going to be okay. Like, this isn't a horrible thing. Everything's going to be fine. And everything that I've learned in this process and um, mistakes that I've made and, and things that I could have done better, I'm able to impart to you and to people that I work with. And I appreciate like the increase in knowledge and more importantly, the, the ability to impart that knowledge on, on whoever needs it. And so just make sure that you're, that you uh, don't get to, don't get hard on yourself if your eval doesn't say exactly what you wanted to say. And as long as it's nothing egregious, like it shouldn't be something that's way out of left field when, when you put in that, when you put in work, um, but don't get disappointed. And um, I'm proud of myself for what I've done. You should be proud of yourself for what you've done and do your best to stay focused and keep moving forward. Do your absolute best. Like this isn't, and I'm going to get another eval eventually. And um, I know the work that I put in and I know the knowledge that I've gained. And um, I'm sure everything will uh, will work out and we'll be just fine. And so I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope it enriched you. And I look forward to our next uh our next little LPD session. That's Leaders Professional Development for those who um, are sick of the acronyms, but I'm sorry, it's an army thing. I so appreciate you listening and thank you for, um, for being a part of this journey. And I'll talk to you next time.